0: Recording on Zencaster. Check, check, check. Matt, give me a check. Check, check, check. Max, give me a check.
1: Check, check, check.
0: Where, word. Recording on Zoom. All right, ready to get popping? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Ready? Ready? Three, two, one. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. As always, I'm your boy, James Jackson, joined by my guy, our residential statistician, Stat Matt Robinson. No Kyle Sirik today. He's a little under the weather, so we send well wishes to him. Hopefully, he don't got that vid. Hopefully, he don't got that Rona, because it's it's taking people out. But we do have a guest this week on the podcast. It's the one and only Max Gordon of Brainiac NBA on Instagram. Y'all might know him. He got, like, something light. Forty three thousand followers on Instagram, something something like that. Um, formerly NBA Nation. No, he'll roll that out a little bit later. But Max, thank you for joining the podcast, man. Thank you for thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. always always a pleasure running with James Jackson, otherwise as known as JJ, and uh Winchair's guy, statmat, <laughs> my favorite. Windshares
2: <laughs> Matt, Matt is nicely a statmat. It doesn't, yeah. but, but yo, yeah, but if, if you
0: did have a second nickname, it'd be windshares. I'm not going to lie, Max. He hasn't let windshares fly in a minute. I think he's been trying to like move on to other stats. Well, I've been yeah. in
2: the DVOA range because it's been football season. So. Uh, that's, that's true. Back to Wind Shares. Wind Shares is more of a
0: basketball stat, so we're we going to start to get into that soon. But first and foremost, before we get into the pod, man, Max, I'm going to give you a chance because you, you, you talked about it a little bit. You had the little rollout of the rebrand on Instagram from NBA nation to Brainiac NBA. So share with everybody out there. What, what made you go to this, to, to this new name, new logo, new format.
1: Yeah. So, you know, just basically I rolled out this Brainiac NBA as of a few months ago. And I think mainly it was a copyright thing that I ran into, but also just, I I think that Brainiac NBA sort of encapsulates everything that I want to achieve and everything that the, you know, mixes with the content that I want to bring out, uh, you know, analyzing those those underrated guys that nobody talks about, the Bruno Caboclos of the NBA, regardless of if he has windchairs, Matt, um, <laughs> But you know, just certain guys like that, man, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that don't get enough credit in this league, and, uh, you know, I, I think that this new brand is, is something that really captures everything that I want to achieve, and I'm going to be rolling out a podcast soon, as well as uh, some merchandise as well, but it should, it should be good all around. I know you guys follow it. Uh, as I do this, this great podcast, these yeah. are the facts.
2: These so. are the facts. Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a fun little Bruno Cabacolo fact that I learned recently. Um, Masai Ujiri, a uh, click came out of him, like desperately trying to trade up for Giannis in the 2013 draft and he was unsuccessful. So the next year's Cabacolo uh, like pick was in like a different project guy that no one's ever heard of. And, Clearly, that didn't work out as well as Giannis did. I'm not going to shock,
1: yo. He's going to shock, yo. I want to go into Bruno Caboclo because, like, that's my guy, the Brazilian KD. That's what they call him. But two years he away from me, yeah, yeah, he didn't bro. know MCW. He didn't know All MCW. Right. Here. <laughs> so,
0: so, clearly, clearly, you, you know a lot about, like, underrated guys. You talk about how you analyze their game. That's the content that... You know, you've been rolling out. Is is that should we expect the same kind of content from your Instagram page? Should we expect new and different content? Like, is that what comes with the new
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, I've recently been using uh, like I'm primarily on Instagram, but I'm also you know on Twitter and Facebook as well. I've got a following there, but on on Instagram primarily, I've been rolling out um, you know player rankings and uh, team rankings as of late, especially with the season coming up. Uh, the player, uh, the uh, power rankings of, of this season as well. As, you know, looking into the preseason, analyzing game, film and stuff. So it's been really good as well as connecting with people within the industry to really uh, even players as well to try to get some some info. So it, uh, it, it's all good stuff, you know,
0: Man, we're hyped for it. We, I, I saw you on, on your story. You was teasing the logo a little bit. I mean, I got I got, to drop the exclusive. I'm actually one of the first people to see the new logo because, you know, I got it with Max Boyd yeah. like the, the inside. I you know mean, I got it like yeah. that. But I saw when you was dropping it, you was teasing the fans. I was like, they don't even know what's about to hit them right now. But congrats yeah, on, the, on the new platform, man. I'm yeah, excited for, you. You. for all the new stuff that's happening. But speaking of new stuff that's about to happen, it's about to be your time of the year. We're we about to hit the NBA season coming up next week, which I, I can't believe sometimes that we're already – you know, going back to a new NBA season. And with this new NBA season, we got a lot of new players that are returning, especially big name players off of injury. Some notables, John Wall, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. And everyone's asking, you know, wondering what kind of impact these players are going to have when they do come back. So what do we do? We're going to unpack that. We're going to look at the facts and we're going to see which player is going to have the biggest or among them, the biggest impacts when they do come back. And we'll break that down player by player. So we'll start first with John Wall. And off camera, I noticed off camera, you actually told me that John Wall is your favorite player. John Wall is to you yeah. and Chris Paul is to me, which if anyone knows, that's like you you a ride or die then. Are you willing to are you willing to be a Phoenix Suns fan for John Wall? Because that's what Chris Paul is to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I think he's going to do really well in the Rockets. I mean, you saw what he could do in Washington. I know that was two years from Roof. I don't know if y'all watched his preseason game in the last two. That man, mo- that man looked fast, bro. Like, oh my goodness, he's taking one yeah. dude dribble, oh cross, step over, right, right over, guys, man, to the Cubs. So it's only going to be a matter of time before John Wall, I think, uh, you know, returns to that twenty point per game, tennis guy. Honestly, I mean, he's he's a certified hooper. But then again,
2: I am
0: biased.
2: You are, you are, you are. <laughs> I am, I am incredibly pessimistic about John Wall. Uh, the Achilles injury is a rough one to come back from. Only one player has ever come back from an Achilles injury made all NBA. Although just like being a good starter would be great for John Wall at this point, but he was a player so like focused on speed that that took away. I think it's going to take away like his biggest weapon. And I don't love the fit with him and Harden. I feel like he's like a, he's like Russell Westbrook without the explosiveness.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, That's why you trade hard.
0: That's why you trade hard, <laughs> don't, don't go too far. Don't go too far forward in the episode. No, no, no. We don't get to that. We don't get to that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, when I look at John Wall, first of all, if, if we're talking about John Wall on the old Rockets, I mean, we're talking about with Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni at the helm, we're talking about a much different outlook or a much different John Wall than we're going to get in this season. We're not getting any of that, right? We're getting a brand new, a brand new Rockets team um, and it's going to feature John Wall. Traditionally, a Rockets team is a three point shooting team, what, above 40 attempts per game or something crazy like that. And John Wall comes in in his last season, his last full season, only shooting the ball about 30% from three. So traditionally, that wouldn't work. But now you get a different Rockets team, and we don't know how it's going to look. It might not have James Harden on it for a full season. You now have Boogie on the Rockets. You know, have a, a bunch of different people who have a brand new head coach and GM in front office. So that, that's what I'm wondering is where is the mess going to be? Where is the, the relationship between John, John Wall and this new Rockets team going to be? Is it going to be an on-court chemistry or they going to have to work a lot, a lot of things behind the scenes for John Wall to be, really be successful? I don't know. That's what I'm asking myself.
1: One quick thing about the Rockets. I think we all forgot this, this year. You'll see how good Eric Gordon is. You're going to run him. Out of like, time. To run him what's that? When I said, about time, about time. People start yeah. waking up. E he'd be slept on. Yeah, man. But the way he was, uh, like I know it was the preseason. They're running a lot of um, off-screen baseline sets along the wing for him. going where he comes around baseline, has a guy screen him on a on the corner, and he comes and just pops off that off that wing uh, wing three-pointer. Man, I mean, Eric Gordon is a guy that has been really good for a while, and. He's going to get a lot of looks this year, especially with no Russ. That's an extra, like, I don't know, 30 shots a game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> extra extra but, 20% you
2: know, usage rate. Yeah. yeah some more shares there for Matt, you know, but... Russ shot, more shots per game than Harden did last year, which is nuts.
0: Which is crazy to think about. And probably way less efficient, too. And Bruno Caboclo on that team. But here's... <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You also, there's another added wrinkle to John Wall going to a Rockets team, who to me is like on the verge of imploding. Like if Harden gets out of there, you have guys like PJ Tucker, who wasn't happy with his role and wasn't happy with the Rockets, not re-signing him. Eric Gordon, who's been publicly ha- not happy about his role on the Rockets. So is it, it might be a situation where John Wall realizes that it's not, this may not have to be about the team this year. It could just be about me getting back to me and me hooping. If he For adopts sure. that, if he adopts that mindset, I think John Wall, you know, could possibly go towards an All Star season if he just focuses on getting John Wall right. Because I don't think the Rockets have any championship. It looks like their championship aspirations got deflated. Like it really looked like it got popped by a balloon when they struggled through. Most of last season, I got taken to seven games in the first round by one of the youngest teams in the league and a guy they just shipped out of town. So, like, and if I'm John Wall, to be honest, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm hooping for me when I go to the Rockets. And if he does that, then John Wall, I think, returns back to all-star form. I know that the West is loaded with guards, as it is every year, but I think John Wall can return to all-star form if he adopts that mindset. I don't know if I'm wrong with that.
1: Yeah, John Wall, John Wall is one of those guys. I mean, even when it was on Washington, I know a few people in that organization. He is very, like, prima donna like You know, he's like, I'm the star. He's, you know, flaunting his, you know, outfits and everything everywhere. He's that type of guy. But what a lot of people forget is he's such a basketball connoisseur. This guy lives and breathes basketball. I've spoke with a guy who is their social media manager and he travels with the team and he was saying like he was after a a Wizards game on a road trip in I don't know Utah or something he'd go and grab a drink and John Wall would just be talking about you know dribble handoff motions and analyzing pick and rolls like with a guy that obviously isn't Scott Brooks or one of his coaches you know so that's you know he's some guy that is just so um Delved into basketball, and he he lives and and breathes it like a lot of guys in the NBA do because it's their mm-hmm. their livelihood. But you know, it's what separates guys that are role players versus guys that are stars and guys that really want to get better versus guys who don't.
2: Right. So
1: it, I think that's a huge thing to point out with Wall.
2: If, if Wall does what you said, James, I think that'll fit well because. Rock, the Rockets have to realize that they're not a title contender anymore. They their, they tried, they, and Moore is gone, and they have, they have a superstar player in Harden, but nothing around him that will help you win the title. And Wall actually works well in that mindset, because Wall has never been on a team that had any shot of winning the title. He was on some fun Wizards teams that forced the Celtics to seven, gave the Hawks a good series one year. But, like, they've never had a shot to win the title. So if Wall does just focus on getting better and the Rockets don't have championship expectations, they can, I don't know what the record is in a 72-game season, but uh, but they can be, like, a seven seed and with no expectations, and Harden won't be happy with that. But I think Wall, if he just gets 14 points per game, eight assists on, like, decent efficiency, he'll be happy with that.
0: Right. And I've I've been trying to calculate, you know, total total wins too in a 72 game season. But like I guess you just minus 10 from what it would normally be, right? 82, 72. So so if you think the Rockets could with John Wall be a 40, 40, 40, 40, to 45 win team, then maybe they're a 30 to 35 win team in the 72 game in the 72 game season, which probably puts them not five, six, seven range in the playoffs, which Harden may not even be there to see it. So it might yeah. it might not even matter what he thinks. <laughs> but to guys like John Wall, to guys like Boogie, I think that would mean a lot to be playing meaningful right. basketball at the end of the season. Guys are coming back off injury. All right, we got, we got to move on to another guy. This is probably who, not probably, because I actually won't say that. But this is a guy who a lot of people are very excited to see back. Only played five games last season, and now is making his return to two-time MVP, Steph Curry, who comes back with, I think, a very underrated and overlooked Warriors team a team who added Kelly Oubre Jr., a team who added Andrew Wiggins last year, a team who drafted James Wiseman, even underrated draft picks like Nico Mannion. This is, I mean, a very good team. And the last time we saw Steph Curry was really two years ago in that championship against Toronto. We haven't seen a full healthy Steph Curry back. And, you know, the the league is still Curry-esque. The league is still tailored towards where Steph Curry could dominate. And, And this is a guy who I think comes back and immediately is back into... That top five to top ten MVP conversation, personally.
2: Here's a stat for you that is clearly ridiculous, but Ben Simmons had a higher three point percentage than Curry did last year.
0: Yeah, problem.
2: Five games, seven Dude. But i you know, I'm, uh, I'm, back I'm back. super excited to see Steph back, and I'm super excited to see him on a team without KD because KD made that team unbeatable and unfun. Steph mm-hmm. being a guy who's got to go for 30 to 35 points per game as the only scorer, really, that you can rely on on that team, chucking three is being the key center point of the offense, I, it's going to be so fun to watch. And I think people are underestimating the joy of watching the Warriors this year because it's not the impending doom of, oh, they always win, because they're not going to be that good without Clay and Wiseman's young, and uh, Kelly is fine, but they're not a, they can't compete with the Lakers but it's going to be so much fun to see a team with Steph as the primary scorer, which we haven't seen since Steph's incredible MVP season in 2016.
0: Right. And that's a big wrinkle of it. And that's why I wanted to go to you, Max, to see like your, 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 your point of view on this. How should we, how should we view or what should we expect from Steph Curry without Clay? We haven't seen this yet. Clay has been literally the most durable player in the NBA since he came into the NBA. Like he missed like, Two games in six years or something like that. So literally one of the most durable guys. Steph Curry hasn't had the you know in the in the modern era of Warriors success, hasn't had to play without clay. So, like, how does that look when he comes back?
1: I I'm honestly higher than most on the Warriors. I love Steph Curry. Steph Curry is one of the best guys I've ever seen Grace a a basketball court. Um, his off-ball movement is incredible. James Rose's eyes.
0: <laughs> I don't um, know. I don't but, like Steph Curry. I'm going to hide it. Yeah. We all know. I don't like him. You're man. an OG hater. Hey,
2: man. I, I am an OG
0: hater, bro. This is the same team that, that Blake Griffin and Andrew Bogut were throwing haymakers when I was a Clippers fan. So like, I'm a OG Warriors <laughs> hater, but, but I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. nah. no,
1: nah, but, um, you know, I love what they did this off season with, with Kelly Oubre. Um, you know, and, uh, they picked up him. Mind you, they traded a uh, – they went over the luxury tax by getting Kelly Oubre. I don't know if you guys saw this. This is a stat for you, uh, Matt. and <laughs> But they uh, he's making $14 million this year. But for them to go and acquire Kelly Oubre, they had to go over the cap. And going over the cap meant they're going into the luxury tax. And the luxury tax is $68 million additional on Kelly Oubre. So it cost $82 million for them. To have Kelly Ubre on the roster just for this year. Um, insane. And they give up a first round pick, which is probably going to be a, a late, later first. But still, at the same time, I mean, he's a great Tsunami player but probably going to retain you
2: know, him.
0: I it, some man. He like
2: one for eight.
0: Tsunami Poppy. That's, <laughs> league, that's, that's League Fit MVP right there, Tsunami Poppy. Yeah, man. Put some respect on the name. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not that high on the Warriors, but. This is a year where, where Steph Curry goes and reminds people that I'm not, I'm not dude. Like, I'm, I'm, don't forget about For Steph. Sure. Like, y'all, y'all forgot about Steph a little bit, overlooking thinking that Trey Young can do what I can do. Damian Lillard can do what I can do. And he might have to remind people that, like, no, this is the same dude that broke the three point record three years in a row, broke his same record, you know, twice. So, Joe, Joe, watch that, y'all watch that game, uh, Tuesday night, last night. I didn't, we, I didn't get Steph in the Kings, man. Woo!
1: Steph, man, he really hooping. He, I'm telling you, man, he's he's gonna he's gonna bring a, a different edge to him this year because he knows that he doesn't have Clay. Obviously, he's not there, but he knows there's a lot of people doubting him. They're like, he can't do it without without Clay. They got Wiseman, who's their first big that they've ever really had. I mean, Boogie Cousins that one year was you know slow as molasses. Um, you know, and,
0: and still hurt for most of it,
1: for sure. You know, and they they also have Wiggins, they have Pascal, they got a lot of good guys on that team. And not to mention, they picked up Kent Bazemore again. He's gonna have a good year, Kent Bazemore. Um I I'm friendly with his trainer and he's he's been putting in the work, especially with the Warriors used to be with that team. He's a guy that can shoot from the perimeter, play really solid defense. He'll be a nice bench piece for them. I'm really looking forward to seeing what I'm what they excited can
2: do. for the Thursday night TNT game where I see Steph has forty-five in the third quarter, and I stay up till one a.m. wrecking me for work the next day, but knowing it was worth it to see Steph drop sixty. I can't wait for yeah. that day. That'll be fun.
0: You will not get a lot. We don't get a lot out of Steph this year. We not get a lot. We don't get a lot of Look, I, I'm going against the
2: Suns too, James. So just to be I know, deep. I know, okay.
0: No, oh, But here's the thing: like, I don't even want to. Don't even bring me down that rabbit hole. You almost got me to do it. Don't even bring me down that. We talked about it already. I don't even want to. I don't want to go down that. That rabbit hole. But here's the thing about St- Steph and the Warriors and, and where I come from personally. I used to not want to give Steph Curry props at all. Like, even when he won MVP, even when he was the first unanimous MVP in NBA history, I was like, man, like don't talk to me about Steph Curry. People can do what he can do. Then he did it again. But he did it again. But he did it again. Then he did it again. And I was like, you know what? This is this is a guy who's like transcended the game of basketball and I realized Steph Curry's influence when guys like Trey Young and Damian Lillard and like there are, there are Steph prototypes and clones all over the place. Like this is a man who's like created a new style of basketball and like when when the teacher left like a bunch of people you know thought they could do what Steph could do. And I think when the original comes back when the OG comes back of this whole thing oh, no. he's you'll know. Like, people can do some things. They can't do what Steph Curry can do. I do think that's the greatest shooter in NBA history, and he's more than that sometimes. Like, I, I do that. But he's not CP3. But he's not CP3. <laughs> but he's not point guard. I say he's the greatest shooter of all time, but he's not point guard. But I But I did have to I did have to, like, swallow my pride a little bit, and I do think he's, all, he's higher on the all-time point guard list than CP3 It's Like,
2: that, I mean oh, look, this no, down off, it? is the best guards of all time list goes Magic Johnson one and then it's a tough one between West and Curry for number two. Like he's uh, uh, sorry, point guards, Jordan, obviously Yeah, not Point guards. In yeah, you know. not uh, point guard, right. Steph's in the. I yeah. probably have stuff like 14th all time in my like all time ranking. Like. Dude. Like that,
0: like that's where you gonna hurt me. We wasn't supposed. To, I wasn't supposed to talk bad. I wasn't supposed to talk bad about dude in this segment. This was a, you know, we're looking for him to come back. We're excited for him. Then you, All then you hit me with that, and, and we now you're you making me talk bad about dude. Then you're not not fourteen. All right, let me let me move on before before you got me you get me down this path about talking bad about Steph Curry, because uh, we got we got to move on because his former teammate is coming back. This is the this is the guy that people are most excited to see back on the NBA court. That's Kevin Durant joining Kyrie Irving with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and Matt, like you mentioned, there's only been one player in NBA history to make an all-NBA team after tearing an Achilles. That was Dominique Wilkins. And that's the same injury that Kevin Durant comes back is, is that torn Achilles, uh, you know, in the, in the same season when we saw a last healthy Steph Curry against the Toronto Raptors. And when you talk about KD, there's more than just on the court with KD's return. I mean, we already see what his teammate Kyrie Irving is doing in the media. We'll get to him a little bit later, but there's a whole lot surrounding Kevin Durant. Not only coming back to the NBA, but now you're going to New York City. It's not the Knicks, but it's still New York City. It's still the media capital of the world. There's a lot to be worried about and a lot going on than just the game of basketball. But we'll stick to the game of basketball and like what what? How much impact do you see Kevin Durant having? Not just with the with the Nets, but with the Eastern Conference, with, with the game as a whole, Max, like how much, how much influence does Kevin Durant have coming back?
1: I think, I think I'm really high on the Nets too, man. I mean, I know you don't, you don't like uh, Kyrie and, and KD and their chances of winning James, but at the same time, man, it's just, I think they got all the pieces. They got Jared Allen, and I think DeAndre Jordan's way past, you know, playing NBA capacity. But he can still put up good bench minutes for you. And you also have Dinwiddie. You have Levert. You have a bunch of guys on that team. Turion Prince as well. They're really well-rounded. I don't know why it was even talked about that they'd give up Dinwiddie, Lavert, and, and Allen and some picks for, for Harden, even though Harden's that great. You know, I think they just have the whole package right now. And if KD and Kyrie come back to what they can be and a KD looks like he hasn't missed a step, I mean, I think this team could really go in, into the finals. I mean, they're a team that has, you know, the experience. They have the shooting. Uh, Joe Harris, not to mention as well. Um, but I, I think KD's going to go and be a guy that'll be back almost to his old self. He's going to average probably 23, 25, even more. Uh, he's one of the most talented scorers this game's ever seen. He's, uh, if not the best scorer the game's ever seen. And he could just put the ball in the hoop, man. Not to mention underrated defender. So I really like the Nets' chances this year.
2: If KD is back to, like, if he had no injury and he was just in, like, a bubble for a year and a half, I, I would, without question, pick the Nets to win the East. I think KD will be better than most coming back from Achilles just because of his style of play. Uh, he is unguardable just from a shooting standpoint. He's one of the best knockdown shooters in the league. He's got long-ass arms and he's 6'11". It's impossible to block him. And he's a very good interior defender, and he doesn't get a lot of credit for that. So the Achilles injury won't hamper him as much as, uh, like I said about John Wall. John Wall might be, like, completely unplayable, and I wouldn't be shocked. But I think is going to be good. And I think it's going to be, like, a year of learning with the Nets. I think the regular season's going to be very rocky. Uh, KD learning to get back, Kyrie learning to play with KD. And the whole team meshing together, but if they get it and the, if they clip, they're going to be. Where I know we're talking about Eastern Conference contenders, but they, as a Sixers fan, I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Like the bad, like the good person in me is like, man, it would be great to see KD come back good. And then the Sixers fan is me is like, shit, that hurts our chances. Yeah,
0: like that does
2: that, <laughs> hurt your chances.
0: Okay, but both of y'all talked about KD maybe taking a step back. What what aspect of his game takes a hit the most? With this injury, like what, what's what aspect of it's, his game? It's, it's, like, dribbling,
2: on. basically dribbling and dribble and driving, basically stop and start speed. Nah, bro, it's his, it's
1: his lateral quickness. He's not going to be able to shuffle as quickly on defense. I think he will be fine offensively. I honestly think he will be fine. Yeah, he has been moving in these preseason games. He's been training and looking as fast as can be. um Previously, honestly, I think he will be fine. I, I really don't, i really don't think that uh we'll see much of a regression just a slight regression in Katie's game um I'm, like I said he's one of the game's best
0: not even on the that, defensive end I think on the defensive end I mean you talked about you know being on up. Uh, on
1: the defensive end whole whole her, 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 you know that's where you for think, regress
0: yeah. because but people don't really like talk about how good Katie is not just on the defensive end but primarily like as a shot blocker like you talk, he's seven foot, and he's a really underrated rim protector when he wants to be. It was a time where he was averaging close to two blocks a game. Like he he does step that up, but I think that's where he that's where he takes it. Not from a he can't do it anymore standpoint, but from a I know like I can't do as much. Like there's there's gonna be some part of my game that I, I'm gonna have to not use as much. Right? I don't want to aggravate this injury again, right. and it may be going you know amongst the trees like that and on the defensive end. So. But that's what I see. But I mean, does he does he come back and have like an MVP type season? Does he come back and lead the Nets to the finals? Those are those are questions that we all got to ask ourselves. And who's I the? Think,
1: I think he's gonna be there. I think he's gonna be there. He's gonna be he's gonna be elitist. I'm telling you.
0: I mean, it's hard to Let's imagine KD. a place where is not like a middle of the pack dude. He's just not like he's he's just nah. not like I think I personally think he returns to that solidified second best player in the NBA because he's got such an all around game. Like, you talk about Matt earlier, and that was such a good point, where John Wall's so predicated on his speed that he doesn't have that. His offensive game takes, like, a real hit. But KD has such an all-around game. He slows the ball down when he needs to. His back-to-the-basket game is elite. His mid-range game is elite. Pick and roll. Whatever you want. Like, KD will literally score on you in any way you want. And so I think that just helps when you have a polished
2: all-around game. I do think, like, small things that fans don't see often, like, off-ball movements, he'll not be making like hard cuts as often as he used to. And not, like Max, you said 23 to 25. I think that makes a lot of sense because when he was he was perennially 28 points per game, dipped a bit yeah. home state just because of the nature of the team. Uh, but I, I think 23 or 25 sounds about right. But I think that's only going to come with
1: him not playing as many minutes. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's just not going to have that sort of usage. But at the same time, when it comes to the playoffs, he's going to be playing 35 minutes putting up 30 points per game and That's more. probably
0: why that's probably why he'll have that little minutes restri- restriction in the regular season cuz we got we got to save yeah. all the juice for he'll the be, playoff. Trust me.
1: Trust me, he'll be fine. Kevin he'll Durant be. will be fine. I'm very very confident in Kevin Durant.
0: Last last person we moving on to is his teammate in Brooklyn. Played a little bit last season, played 20 games, but I mean that's, you know, a, a quarter of the season. Uh is Kyrie Irving. A, a man who's already making splashes and in, in in the media of, uh, uh, you know, a sector of, you know, the uh, of, of basketball. He said, he's not talking to, and then he goes and talks to Taylor Rooks. Um, but Kyrie Irving, his last, his <laughs> last, his last full season, 23.8 points, five rebounds, six assists. That was with the Celtics with 20 games in Brooklyn. He's playing some of the best basketball he's ever played. 27 points per game, six assists and five rebounds. Um, so Kyrie comes back with, with a lot to prove. Um, but he, he comes back with another alpha dog on the team. And this is, you know, something that he left Cleveland for was not, was not being the alpha dog, not being the number one. So who is that number one on the net? Does he automatically have to default to KD or? Is
1: he it's, KD. it's KD. KD.
2: Yeah. Easily. To finish,
1: without a doubt. The only thing without a doubt, but the only thing is, is that the old, the thing that can lead to this team's demise, the, the worst enemy of Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Um, Kyrie Irving, man, he's a guy, he, he don't want to be in, in the media that much. Uh, you know, I think he's a guy that has no problem going and just like retiring, like way, like at, towards like the end of his prime, just simply because he, he's one of those dudes that, you know, you see, he doesn't want to talk to the media. You know, he doesn't really want to, you know, have people walk up to him. Like I've had a friend walk up to him and, you know, have his like security go and like push him off, even though there's like nobody around him. You know, just to just to say hi. You know, nothing nothing bad. So, it, I think he's just one of those guys, and it's his own personality. He's, he's his own worst enemy.
2: But if he's you don't want to be after your retires, you'll see him like a new story about Kyrie Irving builds fifteen million dollar underground bunker in preparation for apocalypse. <laughs> he's he's just like a weird dude. Like he does a lot of good things too, but he's just a weird guy. But I I since Kyrie will never. It's not, it's impossible to decipher what Kyrie's actually thinking. I'm it the best case scenario for the Nets is he left Cleveland because he wanted to be on his own team, the own star. He tried that in Boston. He got hurt the year they actually had a shot to make the finals, and then when he was healthy, the team kind of imploded with and he imploded in that Buck series. And I think he, he if he realizes hey, it's nice being a second banana, because it takes a lot of pressure off, both in a like outside pressure and in game pressure. And I, if he embraces the role like he did in the beginning part of his Cleveland days, it'll be a perfect mix for as long as Kyrie Lutz would be. Cause after two years, he'll probably get bored. But
0: yeah.
2: well, <laughs> still Max,
0: Max, you brought up how I don't really like the Nets' chances of winning the finals, but that's why. Cause I think KD's kind of almost in the same boat where Katie Katie said the you know the I, you know the media won't let us just hoop you know, I, I just want to go out and hoop he said that before he's even said you know I have no problem with the Warriors being Steph Curry's team and not you know not having it be my team this is my team or it's his team I just go out and hoop so both of them don't really like the, all the media attention that comes with the game of basketball they want to just play so why Brooklyn so why New York City my my guy, my man, Stephen A. Smith brought this up. I thought it was a great point. If neither of you like really talking to the media, neither of you really like the media aspect, the politics aspect of basketball. Go to Sacramento. Go to What? Go to you Sacramento. Go to, go, to, <laughs> go to Cleveland. Go to
1: Utah. Go to go Utah. To, go to Florida.
0: <laughs> but you went where everybody is. you you going to have... 20 20 different news, 20 different big news outlets in your face every night, but you don't want to talk to the media. You're gonna have fans coming out of the woodworks every which way from five different boroughs, but you don't want to talk to the media, but you don't want to deal with fans. And New York City's different. New York City is like playing for Philly or Chicago, like it's tough. Like we like. Dude, Like, fans of of those cities don't want a weak-minded dude. Nah. Like, you see what happens when a weak-minded guy comes to the Sixers. He gets chewed up and spit out quick. But when a guy like Jimmy Butler comes, it's like, damn, I really like how he plays. I really like his grit. Because he's a tough-minded dude. He takes it in stride. But, like, Katie and Kyrie have both had their their instances where they've shown not the, the grit, not the toughness, not the, you know, the wherewithal. That comes with, you know, the Brooklyn mindset, the New York City mindset. Wearing wearing a beanie in in pregame shoot around isn't isn't everything. That's not gonna solve it. That that's not Even gonna put KD, you in a though,
2: Brooklyn culture. If he's been he's been he's pouted about a lot of bullshit for a while, but he's been so good it hasn't mattered. Kyrie, when he pouts, he gets worse. But KD, he he, he whines and bitches, but then he'll still like. Lead the Warriors to the like fi- like the finals and like he he's just one of the weirder he's the softest like he's the softest mentality of an all time great I think we've ever seen in the sense that he's incredibly sensitive but it doesn't affect his game on the court at all and I, I think mean- that that's maybe Kyrie will would they they could hurt each other that way Kyrie could feed into the negative aspects of KD and it could be like a Parasite that eats up the nets from the bottom, but that's being from a six standpoint of view, that's being too optimistic. You gotta you gotta think who's around him though. You got Steve Nash.
1: My point,
0: been, my next point. And, yeah, my next point. And
1: you know, he's been in Dallas where it you know, where he first started out and it was a little bit rocky. He's been in, 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 in ten uh you know places with high tension before. You got D'Antoni who dealt with Harden last year. Harden literally uh was a guy last year who would not want to practice and they just cancel practice and that's you know he had so much control in that Rockets organization he still does you know and you have Amare Stoudemire who's been in New York and dealt with that sort of media before so three sort of uh, you know points that that are covered and issues that can be covered up uh with those guys behind the scenes to help to help out uh was with KD
2: and Golden
0: State was with KD and Golden State that's right Right. That's big. That's I mean, Katie personally vouched for him like that. That's why the Nets didn't interview anybody else. They interviewed one person and gave Steve Nash the job because Katie said that's that's who I want as my coach. For sure. So I mean, there, that's that's a that's going to be a player's coach if I've ever seen one. We've seen Steve Nash galvanize troops many a times. Let's let's see if he's able to do it with, with two superstars in his first go go-around. And it's something I've I've always been a firm believer of is winning cures all. That's why James Harden can do what he does, but then if he drops a 50-point triple-double and win the game, no one says anything. That's why KD and Kyrie can pout, but if they win, no one says anything. Winning cures all. So if, if they're you know if they're tension behind the scenes, but they're winning games, no, trust me, people will get over it. P- people will people will move on because they're winning games. But move on is what we're gonna do as well. Um, we're gonna we're gonna take this this really narrow scope and broaden it now to a, to a full NBA season preview. So, Max, going in, Brainiac NBA, this is your time to shine now, man. I need I need your expertise on, on all these next questions to really give us the landscape of this upcoming NBA season. So, these questions are right. coming right at you, man. We saw a lot of teams take a step backwards last season, saw teams take a leap forward. Uh, You know, so which teams do you think coming in this NBA season are primed to take that next step forward, the next step up?
1: Well, I think the obvious one is Atlanta. I mean, they got Rajon Rondo, who's going to really help their young guys there. Trey Young, who I think is sort of uh, you know he still can't play defense, but he's a guy that is just going to leap you know years and bounds over uh, other dudes offensively. John Collins is a really nice guy that uh, I like. You know, I've liked him since his days at at Texas. So he can he you know a lot of guys there can really play, and I think they're going to be making a real push. You know, they got Gallinari and. And Bogdanovich, that can really space the floor for them um, as well. You know, Bogdanovich, they're going to run a lot of plays for him. He's going to be a vocal, focal point in that offense. Uh, he's going to be their second scoring option aside from Collins and aside from, uh, you know, um, Trey Young. So I, I really like what they have there. And, it, you know, Atlanta and, and Lloyd Pierce, man, he's a great dude. Um, not to mention one of the few uh, African-American coaches in in the league. Uh, you know um, it, it's sort of crazy how there's there's so few of them uh, considering there's a lot of you know qualified guys there but even so I, I really like what
2: Atlanta has and he's a defensive minded uh, coach too uh, Robert Covington sure. credits Lloyd Pierce with why he became such a good defender right
0: that's gonna be that's gonna be great I look at Atlanta and I, I see like well-rounded and like weirdly depth
2: yeah for sure you look at the roster and you're like, oh, that guy's pretty good. Oh, that they got like seven yeah. guys. Like, I like their. I like, <laughs> like their they have roster nothing jumps yeah. the. There's off the It's like, oh yeah, like, but like
0: solid Pete.
2: I mean, you talk about yeah.
0: the amount of wing players they have. We you didn't even Max. You didn't even mention guys like DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. Right. Like guys, yeah, exactly. guys. There are a lot of people still very high on Cam Reddish. A lot of people think he he was one of the more talented players to come out of that draft last year. A, a draft that had Zion and and John Morant and R.J. Barrett as teammates. So.
1: They're deep. You know, they're deep they're man. deep man they also they also got a red rocket Kevin Herter who can Shooter. shoot her fights out uh, Maryland, Chris, Chris Dunn that, that can really defend yeah Chris
0: Dunn is a big, and,
1: big and not to mention uh, their their pick uh, you know Onyeka Okongwu yeah big O who is, is really really big he's long he's the modern center plays the modern way and they also have the most uh, systematic center of all time in Clint Capella
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, Rock, the Rockets are prime I mean the Rockets The the, the Hawks are prime for one Hawks are, You see them as a potential Playoff team You see them as a team That can sneak into that oh, I, yeah,
2: I think they're the There's the top tier Of the East Which is the teams That could win the title Could win the East And then there's like The Pacers group Where it's like And I think the Hawks are At the Pacers level I think they, them and the Pacers Are like the The sixth and seventh best team in the conference did, did you just
0: make the pacers a noun or an adjective for perennial fifth seed you just point <laughs> just times the pacers had to
2: get down to six because brooklyn jumps in oh.
0: <laughs> that's that, that's that's it's, it's, like it's the
1: same thing with orlando and being the eighth seed orlando and charlotte every year Every, every year. year, Orlando, Charlotte, Detroit—it's like one of them is like the eighth seed every year. And, and Orlando never and to
2: get people excited than losing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so tell me the team who's going to take a dip, and besides Man. the York Rockets, that's like that's the low-hanging fruit. But what's the team that's going to take a dip?
1: Tina's going. Well, I mean, aside from the obvious, you know, uh, Oklahoma City, right? You know, uh, previously, but I think I think Toronto. I mean, they. Lost a lot in Ibaka and Gasol, that they played huge roles on their teams. Not that they're still deep. Uh, Malachi Flynn, he had a good game the last you know few nights. He could really hoop their rookie. You know they still have Lowry, Van Vliet, Norman Powell, Terrence Davis, Siakam, name off a bunch of guys. But it's just it's something with them. I, I I just after Pascal's playoffs last year. I mean he's a guy. You know I'm not I'm not souring on him or anything. By all means, I mean he's a, he's a great player. But it's just something
0: about, about that great. Team. <laughs> no, no. He's he's a he's a
1: he's a great worker. He's a a very hard okay. worker. It's a guy that great, great guy. See, what's that? I
0: was a great guy, but great. Oh, great, great, oh great, no, great. No.
1: But that's that's what I was getting to. You know, his playoffs last year were concerning. And he could spin fifty times to the to the hoop, but you gotta make the shot, you know? <laughs> You got you got to dish it out to your teammates, and he's got to get a more consistent jump shot, man. I mean, if he's going to be the face of that franchise, he's going to be. He has to be able to knock down shots. I do like OG Anunoby; he's a guy, another guy that I think is going to take a leap this year. Uh, and Aaron Baines an underrated pickup for them, but still, I think that they really lose out on having the um, underrated wing shooting of Ibaka, and then also the expertise of him and and uh, Marcus uh, yeah, they're both going out to LA.
0: People people don't talk about enough how how successful the Raptors were, especially in their championship year where that two big man set and people didn't think they were gonna be that successful when both Ibaka well, and Marcus Saul, were. The Sixers
2: good. beat that Raptors team in five, maybe six games. Like Marcus Saul was so good at defending and beat that entire series.
0: I mean, they they won it for him. But when they lost Kawhi, they lost the the go to guy, the guy who's going to get him a bucket that's going to bounce four times on the they rim. They still don't have that and and, and, and and beat a team. They don't have that guy, and it, it was clear to me last year that that was the only thing missing from the Raptors team. Like the you get a go getter bucket, or a, you know a go get you a bucket guy. They beat the Celtics.
2: Yeah, it was, it was, they, it the Raptors, they always choked and underperformed in the playoffs. Then they got Kawhi and Kawhi gets him the title. And then the remaining people who were part of the choking teams remembered how to not choke, but they just didn't have the talent to get past Boston. That was just like a really top seven game series where they didn't win. And it's just, they don't have enough pieces.
0: And and it's crazy because they showed, they showed exactly that in that Boston series. That we're not going to give you this series, but we we just don't have that oomph to to right. beat. I mean, they, 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 they got a couple of games just based off of they play the right way of championship breed of basketball because basically everybody but Kawhi returned, so they just knew how to they knew how to win games. But
2: OG misses that buzzer beater if like it wasn't for like the previous year's confidence.
0: Probably, probably. <laughs> <ever> played, but... <laughs> no, that is. It It might be. And not to right,
1: real quick, right, real quick. Not to right. mention, um, a team that I think is going to take a slight dip just simply because uh, they're not in the bubble is uh, this might get you heated, but uh, Miami. I mean. A very slight dip. I'm not saying they're going to tank to a you know, bottom four seed uh, in the East, but that's a team I think really benefited on not having fans um, in the arena. I know there's not going to be fans mostly now, but they really benefited from the bubble. When you go against these other teams that are in their home floors, especially like Milwaukee, that they just ran through, right? They're not going to run through Milwaukee uh, in, in an arena with travel. With travel, travel
0: like that. right? The way
1: they were, right. So I, I think that's something j- just to point out. I'm not saying M- Miami's, you know, not going to be a top ten team, but they, they still have a lot of great players, still have a lot of coaching, but they're going to definitely take a slight dip as well.
0: Right, and and that slight dip looks like a six to seven game exit in the second round, maybe. Which right, is, exactly. Still going into last season, way bigger than anyone had Miami pegged for anyway.
1: It's way more than they expected to.
0: Yeah. But so it, it's they still, they got
1: to the final. They got to the finals, and they were like, "Oh shit."
2: They had a worse like, I don't mean, that? I'm not a Pacers hater. They had a worse record than the Pacers last year. Like, yeah. it was out of nowhere the run they went on.
0: hmm So, I, I do think that as well. But, I mean, you know, one of the guys that helped them, you know, get to that run was the, the rookie phenom. I'll put it in quotes because he was more of an internet phenom. But he was a, a great, great, very good style player. Was my dark horse to win rookie of the year at the beginning of last season was Tyler Hero. So we saw a, a guys. T- we saw guys take a leap. Tyler Hero wasn't, you know, didn't take a leap into that star status. But guys like Luca, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, Bam Adebayo, Pascal Siakam. The list goes on. We saw these guys take that next step leap into star or superstar category. Is there anyone Max this season that you see jumping into that superstar echelon?
1: Uh, like jumping into superstar echelon as a as a rookie or just, just
0: as, as it, whoever as a player as any any player um, I don't really see any rookie who's going to jump into that superstar status no, especially,
1: especially with yeah go ahead <laughs> Matt but especially with no with no summer league uh, yeah. it, it's hard it's it, it's very hard but go
2: ahead Matt Devin Booker is gonna Chris Paul is gonna turn him into an All NBA player to,
0: I guess All NBA yes but to me Devin Booker is already a star. Like, that's why, that's why I, I wasn't going to say it, but you're correct yeah. in that. Like, maybe he goes from star to superstar, from all-star to all-NBA. So, I'll, I'll give you credit for that leap. But to me, Devin Booker's already where Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell, and he's already where they are. You know what I mean? Bo- right. Bottom tier of upper echelon. But is Matt, there a guy on the outside of that who's going to jump into that this year?
1: Matt, you saying he going from, like, 20 points per game to, like, 27? Is that what you're thinking?
2: I just think... He'll the Suns will play better just and smart I uh, Booker can average twenty-seven, twenty-eight, but it's a lot of his stats felt empty until the run in the bubble when they actually almost made a run for the playoffs. And I think having Chris Paul is the one of the smartest people to ever play basketball just from a basketball mind. Yeah. And all those little you. things will ooze into Devin Booker like through osmosis and they'll be there'll they're a team that I think they'll make the playoffs and uh, third team the NBA. It's I think Booker makes that's I, it, it's
1: Easily, easily. So yeah. So for me, I mean, a guy here's a name for you, Uh Ruri Hachimura. I think he's really gonna start and taking off this year. Um, I, I
0: not think you as a name I didn't expect. Not gonna lie, go yeah. ahead. Uh, I re-
1: I really like that Washington team, man. They got Russ and Beal. They're looking for a third link. They got Bertons, who they're gonna run. They're gonna run a lot of great lineups with Brewery and also Troy Brown Jr. is another name. Uh, one of one of my guys. (laughs) Um, you know, but Russell Westbrook, Brad Beal, Troy Brown, Hachimura, and Bertons. That's a pretty dynamic lineup that they got. Um, that they could keep running. But they're looking for that third guy. I think Brewery's just gonna put up, you know, sixteen and ten, and really, you know, start to sprinkle in some games of him really elevating into that into that next step for Washington. I mean, he's in a perfect situation. They got a great roster around him. They're going to have uh, Denny and, um, you know, Brad Beal, Russ, and a lot of other guys to space the floor like Bertans as well. I think, I, I mean, I think they'll be really, uh, really <laughs> underrated. And I think that they could really make a push in the playoffs as well as, uh, you know, Rui really taking that next step into uh really becoming a, a, a nice player.
0: A, a nice player, right. We're going to stop right short of, like, star. You're not saying he's going to go into that star status, no. but, but you're I'm, saying he goes into that into that very respected role player status.
1: He'll, he'll be the next coming of Zach Randolph.
0: Oh, okay. I like that. Any, I think anyone will take a Zach Randolph comp. I think anyone will take a, a Zach you Randolph.
2: Put, but that's the thing. Remember those Memphis yeah, teams? Zach teams Randolph was in the very final. You don't want Nick Zach Randolph. You want no, no like no, you Memphis? Mean, you want Kings, Zach Randolph. You Kings
1: you remember, Randolph. You remember those you remember those Memphis teams that took like San Antonio and, and OKC? Yeah, and, great and grind, great grind, yeah. They were just always in it. Like every year, man. You put one or two guys around a Zach Randolph. You could really play. And then a guy like a defender, like a Tony Allen, which is going to be like a Troy Brown, but he's going to be a more offensive-minded guy. That's a really solid team that you got there. They're building something really nice in in uh, Washington, man.
0: That's that's crazy. All right, so you talked about the Eastern Conference a little bit. Talked about Washington, too. And Katie and Kyrie going to the Nets, with Sixers making their upgrades and improvements, both on the floor and in the front office. You got the Bucks re-signing Giannis and then adding Drew Holiday and adding, you know, some pieces for him. Who do you think should be the top team going into the, you know, top team coming out of the Eastern Conference? Who's the favorite to win the East going into the season?
1: I I personally, just because they have go-to bucket getter scoring in a seven-game playoff series, I honestly think that Brooklyn can really hash out the, you know, problems that they have. If not, I would say Giannis, but Giannis is beatable as of now we've seen that you know he's a guy that he can go to the basket and get a bucket when he wants but he has to be a lot more consistent with his jump shot it's going to be probably milwaukee and brooklyn in the in the finals uh the eastern conference finals i wouldn't sleep on the sixers but knowing them something will probably happen probably a doc rivers blown three one lead or something you know but you know uh, matt uh, Matt, (laughs) yeah yeah but you know it's, um, I, I personally like Brooklyn, man. I mean, I, I think they have the game plan to really.
0: You're going off, off the strength down. though. Be honest. You're going off the strength. You're going off the strength of KD and Kyrie, right? Like it's, it's going to boil down no, to, I, and you would be, but you wouldn't be wrong. Like a, a lot of these playoff games boil down to like, I got KD and Kyrie. Hey, you don't like, I'm, yeah, like but the at
1: the same strength? time, this team has like four other bucket getters. That's the whole difference. I mean, if you just took a team centered around Katie and uh, Kyrie versus Giannis and, like, Drew Holiday and um, Chris Middleton, if you just took those two guys versus them three guys without considering the rest of the roster, then I'd probably take Milwaukee, honestly, just because they have the depth and, and, and the defense, right? But when you talk about Brooklyn, they got Dinwiddie, hell of a player, Shamit, who could shoot underrated, um, Joe Harris, Turion Prince, who's a guy that's going to really muscle up Giannis in these playoffs. Not saying he's going to shut him down, but he's going to rough him up. You have Jared Allen, you have DeAndre Jordan, uh, Jeff Green, another guy who's going to be like their 10th man. You've seen him on a lot of good teams. Well, Jeff. Yeah, they they have a lot of guys that they can just throw at you. A lot of guys that they can throw at you. I think that is the whole difference by having um, Dinwiddie, Levert, Shamit. Joe Harris, Prince, Allen. They just have so many guys that could go and space the floor and and rough you up on defense. It's going to be a real trouble for any team that plays them in the playoffs. I think they could be anybody in a seven-game series with that roster, assuming they make no moves.
0: Fair. I I defer to Brainiac NBA. (laughs) I defer defer to Brainiac Hoops.
1: I love love Matt's face there as soon as I said Doc Rivers will blow a 3-1 lead. (laughs) <laughs> do you want to share your thoughts on that matt
2: <laughs> uh, this, i don't i don't expect the stricters to win the east this year i expect them to make a lot of strides unless they like do a trade to get hard and then I, I i'd expect yeah it's a different play. story um uh and i'm i was i got to see Harden lose a little weight but, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I i think milwaukee brooklyn boston and philly are the best four teams and i'm not trying to disrespect miami but I do. I kind of agree with Max about the you, I think box. you're disrespecting
0: Miami a little bit. Uh, and I, think, a I, think you're, I think you're really blocking out the fact that the Sixers really were disappointing last year and Miami was the exact opposite. Ben Simmons, be blocking out out a little
2: bit. ben Simmons didn't play in the playoffs. Yeah, Ben Simmons won't Big deal. And we have Seth Curry who can shoot the lights out. And Ben Simmons is when him and LeBron are the two best players in the league at getting teammates open three pointers. Like this is going to be a really fun Sixers team that's going to lose a heartbreaking second round series. <laughs> <laughs> they could they could take they could take like Brooklyn or Milwaukee to six or seven.
1: Yeah, I I, I I Milwaukee over Brooklyn, but I basically agree with Max. But what, Yeah, but what's gonna what's gonna happen is the Sixers will get in the game and they'll try to run some sort of play after Doc Rivers not making a few adjustments, and then next thing you know, Kevin Durant or Kyrie just hits a game winner. And then the Sixers have to retaliate with three seconds left at Game Seven, and they don't know who the hell to give the ball to. Then-
0: That's gonna be tough. That's gonna be That's tough. It. All right, we're gonna wind down the, the the preseason or the preview of the NBA season talk real quick, Max, and we'll go around the room for this. But I need your MVP and your champion. Who at the end of the season? Who's gonna be win- who's gonna win MVP and who's gonna be hosting a Larry O'Brien Trophy?
1: Um, firstly, I'll start with the Lakers. I think they're a the clear favorite. They picked up Harold and Intruder and, and a lot of guys to really help him out. Um, Marcus Saul as well. They just have a lot of experience that can really, um, you know, play well around one another. I don't think LeBron is slowing down anytime soon. Honestly, I think he's got a good five five years left, six years left, maybe more. Um, and for MVP, this might shock you, but I am going to go with Damian Lillard. I mean, he's I like it. He's look he is hungry, and people forget that they were a three seed two years ago. Um, you know, They're before swept, the, but they
0: were three c <laughs> Yeah,
1: before yeah, but before all this, you know, stuff going on, and uh, no, the year before they made it to the conference finals and got swept by. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, got swept by Golden State, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, we'll lead you
2: know, never game. <laughs>
1: yeah, but hey, same thing. Same thing goes though. I mean, Dame Lillard, he's got the guys around him this year. I mean, I really like Portland. Um, they picked up so many dudes, man. Like, they, if you can, like, if you think of the most stereotypical wings in the league, they got, like, five of them, and they'll just throw them at you. They got Derrick Jones Jr., uh, Mello. They got uh, Rocco, your boy, Yeah, man. Rocco, that's that. your boy. That's Portland your boy. had a great offseason. Portland had a great off offseason. Fantastic. Uh, not to mention, uh, they picked up, um, oh, what's his face? Uh, Harry Giles.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it, like, Resigned, resigned, Rodney Hood resigned. Rodney
1: Hood too yeah, that's Make what I'm real- saying man and then uh, G uh McCollum they got so many dudes man I mean I just get excited talking about them they're gonna be really fun to watch I think they're just gonna um, you know give a lot of teams a run for their money when they play they'll take the Lakers to six or seven games I don't think they'll beat them but if they play if they play the Lakers man they could really give them a run for their money I wouldn't be shocked if they beat the Clippers um, in, in a series considering that the guys who the Clippers lost but
2: you know, I digress. LeBron <laughs> wants the MVP; he'll win it. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't want it, I think Mike picks Curry. I think Curry. People, I think, are sleeping on what Curry is and what he'll do. And my dark horse, just to throw it out there, I think Jokic has a real shot as well. I thought you were gonna.
1: I thought you are gonna say Embiid because that was my dark horse.
2: Embiid's mean, he's gonna, be, gonna, he, he's gonna play he, three
1: quarters of the season. I was gonna say
0: he's got to play a full season.
1: Yeah, but I'm if not- he. If he ever turns that, if he ever turns that around, man, oh my goodness. If he ever can play what he, he's one of the most talented guys I've ever seen step on a basketball court, Joel Embiid. I mean, I've never seen a seven footer with that sort of touch and that sort of uh, graciousness on the floor, man. He should
0: be averaging 30 and 50. The footwork is crazy. The footwork is something that stands out to me about Joel Embiid is is absolutely crazy. But my my picks, one, man, I think you're right. Not only if, LeBron wants the MVP, but he called it out last year that this is like a a narrative-driven award. And the narrative last season, you know, was the Giannis getting two times. And now that LeBron called it out, now focus goes back to LeBron winning it. So he could carry that narrative all the way home to a fifth MVP. Um, But my MVP actually is Luka Doncic. That's who I think is coming for an MVP. A guy, the league loves a guy who does it all. And I know he doesn't do it, I know he doesn't do it that much on the defensive end, but what this man does on the offensive end, like the Luka magic is real. Like this guy just knows how to like manipulate the floor, get to his spot and like, will give you an efficient 35 while also 11, you know, 11 assists and 10 rebounds on your head. So it's just about if the Mavericks can start winning more games to put Luka back, you know, keep Luka in that MVP conversation, because you remember, like the first two months of last season, when the Mavs jumped out to that huge, that crazy start, everyone's like, "Look at MVP, look at Yeah, No, he that dude. <laughs> and then, and then they fell off a little bit, and then so did his MVP chances. The MVP is gonna go to a, uh, it's not gonna go to a seventh seed. It's gonna go to someone who's in the first or second seed. So I that's think a why. Lot of team,
1: that's why Dame, because I think that that's what I am saying, because he gonna be averaging like thirty two. Like you watch, I mean, because these teams in regular season. If you saw in the bubble, they had to go and double team Dame, like every, like literally, as, as yeah, soon as he course, off court. Right. <laughs> yeah, or they picked him up as soon as, like they weren't even let him get the ball to to start dribbling up the court, bro. Like they're not gonna be doing that in a regular season. Yeah,
0: just- but this is a man who, like Luca, Luca is at this point, and he's going into his third NBA season, bro. Like he's so young, and this man said at 18 years old when he's coming to the NBA, it's easier to score overseas. Or it's, or it's harder to score overseas than it is in the league, and no one proved this man wrong yet. Like, no one took that personally. It was like, I'm going to stop him. Like, he, yeah. he's been scoring effortlessly, no, and I think sure. he, he it comes to fruition. But then, again, in the same breath, let me let me full-heartedly state this with, with as much conviction as I can, there is nobody beating the Los Angeles Lakers. There is just nobody doing it. Nobody. This is the best team, and they got more well-rounded. Like, they, they turned Dwight Howard into Montrezl Harrell and Marcus All. Better. Upgrade. They turned Rajon Rondo into Dennis Schroeder. Upgrade. Like, the... the, the you the- some
1: Talon Horton Tucker most improved talk going on here? I'm, or is this just I'm, a facade?
0: I'm, I'm about it. I'm about it. I don't think it's a facade. I don't think it's a facade. I'm about it. I mean, it's going to be tough to see him get, like, actual rotational minutes in that deep of a lineup, but... If he messes around and gets 10 to 15 minutes a game, you know, that's that's just auditioning him for a contract for other teams, which you could right. very well get.
2: The Lakers are a proper title favorite in the sense that when the Warriors were at the peak, it was like, this is unfair. There's no way anyone can beat them. With the Lakers, like, you could, like, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world if the Clippers actually got their shit together. They're definitely the beatable. The Mets could beat them in the finals if like KD's actually back 100%. Like right. it's actually like where I'm glad we're back to an NBA where the title favorite isn't a certainty that you can sign off and pen before the season. Nah, no, man,
0: it's a certainty for me. It's a certainty for me. <laughs> it's a certainty for me. Like it's you got the number one and probably the number three, maybe the number four best player in the league. That's as low as I'm putting Anthony Davis as number four. When you got that, and not only is you got that, but their names are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And then they got a solid team around them. And you got Frank Vogel, who's underratedly one of the best coaches in the league after what he's able to do in just his first season with the Lakers. Like, tell me who beating them. It's almost a certainty to me. Tell me who beating them. But we got to move on. It's it's a fan favorite. We're bringing back Speaking Facts. I know you love this segment, Max, because you get to tell us who's Speaking Facts who's not speaking facts. So Eric Spolstra, uh, you know, was talking about his guy, Jimmy Butler, but said something really funny. I had to put this on there. He said that guy in the Dos Equis commercials. Yeah. Jimmy's like a version of that guy. He's literally one of the most interesting people in the NBA fraternity. Is he speaking facts?
1: Hell yeah. If that's not, if that's not facts, I don't know what is, man. I mean, He's, the, he's literally that dude. Y'all saw that uh, Michelob Bolter commercial where he like dancing around and like mm-hmm. doing that. Man, I mean, how cool is that? What other NBA player? If you saw KD doing that, you'd be like, ah, look at this dude. Which ball, right, right? <laughs> right. But when Jimmy does it, that's just Jimmy. Yeah, but he gets away with so much stuff. But I think that also attests to his game. Like, he's the most selfless superstar I've ever seen in like anything. You kidding me? He's scoring like 12 points a game and he's still touted as a superstar. But it's because he's the best player on the floor. A lot of games when he's not even scoring, he does so many things off the ball and for his teammates and, and rallying his guys and setting up other guys. You know, he gets a lot of hockey assists as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like setting up other uh, other teammates. So you know, stat, Matt. I know you saw this a lot in Philly. You know, I'm the same way, man. I mean, Jimmy Butler's one of those guys that you know you, you can't help but but like him. He, he's definitely, interesting, Dude, definitely I, interesting.
2: I hated him for like a little bit last year. He and did. Then, Matt, um, did Matt, Matt did hate him for a little bit of weird. Not as much as Jake did. Not nearly as much as Jake did. Jake, Jake Cal- feel I feel animosity. It was so like, weird. Once it got to the playoffs, and I realized that the Sixers were an embarrassment, and like how wrong the whole narrative, oh, we, like the whole thing about, oh, he didn't want to go to a winner, he went to Miami. It was like, well, I'm like glad like the Sixers organization just got egg all over their face, and it was really once I once that he was beating the Celtics in the playoffs. I was all in on Jimmy again. It was great to watch him. And he definitely
0: uh, the most the most so for me.
2: Yeah. Six minutes, that up, not Jimmy.
0: He definitely one of the most interesting to me because it's a guy who will come in front of the media and be like the most like laid back, kind of goofy, like you know, you know, you know, laissez faire kind of guy, and then he'll leave the media and he'll be knocking on Tyler Hero's door at 4:30 in the morning talking about we're going to throw medicine balls on the beach at five in the morning. Like his work ethic is absolutely unmatched, but he's not an intense in your face. It's got to all be my way kind of guy. He's just going to let the work speak for itself. And like, you won't be able to peg Jimmy Butler by just having a conversation with him. Like that, that's what I think what makes him most interesting is a lot of like we're, we're sports, we're sports talking heads. We're part of the sports media. So we have to try to like peg a dude's personality based on the conversations we see or the conversations we have with them. And you can't do that with Jimmy Butler. You just gotta be around him 24-7. That's the only way you're gonna know what kind of person Jimmy Butler is. It's a dude who created his own business in the bubble, his own coffee business. <laughs> like imagine, imagine walking into a game, into a playoff game, and there's a dude sipping coffee out of out of a travel mug, and that's the same dude is about to take down your number one ranked Eastern Conference team. That make me heated. No pun intended. That'll make me heated. <laughs> uh, Max, we actually had this question last episode, but I had to bring it back because I had to hear your two cents on it because we, we all gave our two cents. So I'm going to let you sound off. LeBron James said on, on the Road Tripping podcast uh, with Shannon Fry and Richard Jefferson, he said, I've been a part of the two hardest championships in NBA history. Matt disagreed with him. Matt said it's not facts. But Max Gordon, Brainiac's NBA, Brainiac Hoops. Is LeBron James speaking facts? 2016 Cavs, 2019 Lakers. Was it Were I those the we, hardest championships at NBA history? I,
1: I think the 2019 one is definitely hard because of the bubble. The 2016, Wait, not the
0: 2016 one? The 2016,
2: 2016
0: one.
2: Opposite one. Answer. <laughs> Three the answer. What? The bubble one wasn't that tough because everyone else had I'm it. Trying, but like, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm like just thinking out loud. I'm trying to think of another finals. That that was that was more difficult. Uh, that came out champion. Those are probably the two hardest, honestly.
0: So, so Matt, Matt he might, he up-
1: might be speaking facts, but the only problem I have with it is that he's saying that. Like Jordan <laughs> yeah, would, Jordan that. would never. He would never. He'd be like, man, I did that shit. Like I don't care what it was. I don't care what the challenge was. I don't care if they had their five best players out, like or or if we had our players out.
0: Of course, Jordan never said that because. Jordan was the hardest, like him. He was the hardest opponent every time. He never had to say that,
2: right? You know also, everyone is- gives Jordan a pass for losing to the 95 Magic, which is stupid. So, yeah. like, you never <laughs> have to <laughs> defend You
0: never have to defend They lost because
2: they had no fucking big men, and Shaq dominated them. It doesn't matter but- if Jordan was Jordan. But- ma- but, yeah. Matt
0: brought up a good point. There, there the ma- 2011 Mavericks, the 2011, 2011 Mavericks, Mavericks, and the
2: 95 Rockets are those high. are
0: good ones. Those are good ones. The 2011 Mavericks, for sure, when they beat, when they beat LeBron T, when they beat the big three. We're just what done. About,
1: what about the, the Will Chamberlain team that
2: took out Boston? That's a great one too but that Will Chamberlain team was like the best record in the NBA. Boston was falling off. It was the first year Bill Russell was like the head coach of the team because the Auerbach had just resigned so you still learn to do like player rotations and stuff.
0: You see Fair how enough. deep you see how deep his index go, bro? You see how deep his encyclopedia go? It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> like he was there. Right like, like he lived it. Like he was in the sixties
2: and he was there. Like he lived. No, it. my grandpa is still pissed off. Like he'll go it's like if, if Billy Cunningham didn't break his wrist in sixty eight. <laughs> that. that was great. Okay. That was That's great. great. All right,
0: last one. Last one. Last one. Then we gotta move on. Um so LeVar Ball, your guy, your guy, Max. LeVar ball, let it fly again. Uh, right after the Pistons cut Leandro Ball, right after their, their first preseason game, it was sad. You know, LeVar has something to say about it. He said, I'm, I'm cutting off the quote a little bit. He said, The franchise over there is raggedy as hell. He went on to say that they're going to regret this big time. It's going to be one of the biggest mistakes they've ever made. I'm not, we're going to regard the latter part of the quote. But the first part of the quote, the franchise over there is raggedy as hell. Is he speaking facts? Is the Pistons raggedy as hell? Facts. Facts. Thank facts. you. Thank you. I wanted to hear it.
1: Listen, listen. Y'all see the offseason they just had? Mm. He's telling me they don't match Christian Wood's offer. And they go and pay Jeremy Grant, who's a nice player, hoping he becomes – they're hoping he becomes this offensive star, you know? But, like, like, what the hell is that, man? I mean, they had one of – they trade – uh first round pick even though i do like sadiq bay for luke Kinn- they trade luke canard away you kidding me bro like sure oh my god man luke canard gonna be a 20 game score when he when he really you know gets those those minutes and opportunities if he was on that team this year he'd really be getting getting a lot of shots up he'd be getting like 14 15 shots a game He gonna be scoring 18 19 points like i don't know what they were thinking but if you want a full rebuild full rebuild they still got blake griffin's contract Still got Derrick Rose's contract. Their whole organization doesn't know what they're doing. I don't know what's what's going on.
2: They're stuck Um, in the eight to 10 seed zone and they have been since 2009. Yeah, like man. And it's a shame
1: because one of my, um, one of the guys I know is friendly with uh, Stefanski over there. He used to be with the Sixers. And like, man, like, come on, Ed. Like, what are you doing? Like you, you, gotta, you gotta know better than that, man. And
0: they also go and
1: sign Jalil. They signed Jalil Okafor <laughs> and freaking. I
0: was free uh, I was like, Jalil. I was like, for what? For yeah. what? Bro, free, like, free Blake. free Blake. free
2: That's
0: my guy. That's my so, guy, Blake. And
1: they so me. they go and sign Mason Plumlee and Jalil Okafor. Plumlee seven million a year. Okafor, I think it was like two year, ten mil or something like that. And they just drafted Isaiah Stewart to be their starting center. Like, what are you doing? Locking exactly. up these for two, three years. You just let your let your guy play, man. I I, I understand that, that, that your team is rebuilding, then go rebuild. Go get your young guy minutes, man. It, I don't know what they're doing. But um Killian Hayes is a nice pick though. They got Killian Hayes.
0: Killian really is a nice pick. You can't really mess up that pick, but and Sekou. They
1: got Sekou. I love Sekou.
0: I do think LeVar was speaking facts, it was out of anger, but when he said that, I was like, Oh, but he kind of right, like, he said it because he had, but he kind of right, like, y'all kind of raggedy, y'all been for a little bit now. Yeah, yeah. 15
2: in the last 15 playoff games,
0: that's crazy, that's crazy. But all right, we're gonna have to move on to uh, to countdown and start bringing this episode to a close. I'm gonna start number five is the number of times since the AFL NFL merger that a home team scored 42 plus points. But lost. That's the 1998 Washington Redskins, the 2013 Cowboys, the 2017 Steelers, the 2019 Saints, and now the 2020 Cleveland Browns. Max, I know you're an NBA guy, but you had to see that game, Browns Ravens on Monday that was night. Awesome game of the year. It's the classic. Yeah, it's the classic. A the year. And a whole lot of props to Baker. A Whole lot of props to Baker for that yeah, game. Baker game played great,
1: man. And and that that Lamar Jackson throw to uh, Marquise Brown where the pocket collapse and he runs back from the locker room on fourth down. Oh man,
0: that was something. He was, was something poop, like, right? we, He was yeah, pooping. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm pretty he, sure. He, you know. he, was running,
2: right? okay. he was running to the locker room was not a cramp run. That was a shit run. You don't run <laughs> like if you got a cramp in your lower body, you're not running anywhere. Like you you get, yeah. <laughs> you get caught at all. You're
0: not, and to come back with nothing, he either was pooping. Or they gave him the same thing that they gave Aaron Rodgers that, that one year where he came back and was all crazy after after the knee injury.
2: But oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Move on. We're moving on. Number four, the number of mo- major trophies Gerard Houllier won as Liverpool's manager, he was manager from 98 to 04. He also won two League One titles when he was the coach of Lyon. Um, that's the French Soccer League. He tragically passed away at the age of 73 uh, on Monday. Uh, great. He, the four trophies he won for Liverpool, two league cups, one FA Cup, and one Europa League. So, RIP to Gerard Houllier.
0: RIP, always sad when we lose a member of the sports world. RIP, number three, the number of two lost teams that rank ahead of eight and oh, Cincinnati in the college football playoff ranking eight and two, Iowa State, eight and two, Florida, and seven and two, Georgia. They, I mean, I know Cincinnati's in the American, I know they're outside of the power five. But they disrespected them, man. Like Florida lost to LSU, who's awful, awful. And awful. they fell one spot. It's absurd. At this point, they should just tell teams if you're outside of the Power Five, don't don't expect to make the college football playoff. Like they just just say it. Like I don't understand why. You, like no one's gonna really disagree with it, so just say it. Because like why why lead teams on like that if they really don't got a shot?
2: Number two, the amount of losses Doug Peterson has when Carson Wentz is not his starting quarterback. He hmm. is 11-2. I'm um, I don't want to talk about this, so I'm going
1: to go. <laughs> you I'm going to- it Y'all, y'all, hold up, hold up. Y'all see this in the background? Right here. It's a Hurts jersey.
0: Wow, you jumped on that wagon quick. You I jumped on that wagon, wagon week one.
1: I jumped on that wagon week one. I got that shit weeks ago. I've never let Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts, I've loved the Alabama, Oklahoma. He's a guy that can really play. And I think the only reason why we're not freaking out about that first game is is simply because he's a second round pick. If he were like a first round pick, everybody like Tua has like one bad game and everyone's like, oh my god, and then like he has a great like a great game and everyone's like freaking out. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't understand the narrative, but I really like what I saw from Hertz. I think will be really nice. He was never Eddie a guy once everybody.
0: guy. Even What's when that? he led you, even when he when he led the team to eleven and two, first seed in the NFC in twenty seventeen, he Holmes. was never a once guy. MVP.
1: Nick Foles Nick Foles
0: no look you're you're not gonna get any fight from me they should have they should have
2: they should have gone Dante Culpepper is the only thing that's close Dante Culpepper was a great quarterback and then all of a sudden 2005 he became dog shit it's the only thing that's similar Wentz was fantastic great and then this year he's just been dog shit
0: gotta let it go Matt it's over you root for the
2: team, not the player. If my well, guy, but i once uh, gets better in the offseason, gets
0: back to when Hurts, don't it? Number one,
2: mm-hmm. the
0: amount of more TD passes Aaron Rodgers has this year than his punter JK Scott has punts. Now, I know Patrick Mahomes is doing his thing, I know the Chiefs are only have one loss, and the Packers have a couple questionable ones, but. Aaron Rodgers, if you break it down by the numbers, is ahead of Patrick Mahomes basically in everything. The Rodgers only should thing that lead him in
2: yards. I'm the I'm the Rodgers hater here. He's completely turned his everything that was declining. He's just completely flipped this way. He's mm-hmm. been fantastic. He should win MVP.
0: The only like he just doesn't have like the, the narrative or the flair around him that Pat Mahomes does. But he's literally ahead in every stat, including total QBR, except yards. And yards is like, if that's the only thing you're leaning, it's just because they throw the ball 55 times and he throws bombs to Tyreek Hill. But Aaron Rodgers has a better completion percentage, has more TDs, has less interceptions, has a better TD to the interception ratio, more yards per completion, more yards per attempt. What do you I mean, what they, he's better better at everything. But I do think Pat Mahomes is still gonna win the MVP. Narrative driven award. That's is what's gonna happen. The league likes Pat Mahomes. Max, you think Aaron Rodgers should win MVP?
1: I think I think it should be Aaron Rodgers, honestly. I have a theory about Rodgers. I think I think he's personally uh, like this is like a really like strong theory. I think he's personally uh, like doping like every game. If like, you ever see him, like he's always locked in, eyes like eyes like crazy. Yeah. Eyes, eyes, looking crazy, red as hell. Like <laughs> but they're not going to do anything about it because Rogers.
0: And he's really Rogers, and it makes the league yeah. better. He's one of yeah. he's one of the he's one of the premier products in the league, so he's going to make the league better.
1: Exactly. So it doesn't matter what he does, you know. As you know, as long as he doesn't have any criminal activity, like he's fine. Like I yeah. personally think he's he's like stoned every game. Watch, watch the
0: next Rogers game. Watch the next
1: Rogers game and look, you'll see.
0: I mean, he's he he has actually vocally been one of the advocates for like marijuana in the NFL. Cause yeah, he's seen, he see teammates soda. go through it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's seen teammates go through it. That's that's crazy. But that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. We can get some shots about the buzzer. Matt actually had to leave us. He had a, had a hard stop. So Max, it's just me and you in here at the buzzer. So you got something to say at the buzzer before you rock out?
1: Yeah, man. Um, everything going on right now—COVID and uh, social and racial injustice stuff. Man, um, you know I. I one big thing i have to say is just be willing to listen to other people uh be willing to have a conversation with other people um regardless of anything you don't necessarily have to agree just respect somebody else's uh point of view uh regardless of of what it is and just try to work uh for a better better tomorrow and better world for people man uh there's too much uh hatred and disparity that goes on between people right now and um you know that Really, you know, if you're not doing anything, the the most you could do is just be willing to have a conversation with people and be willing to listen.
0: That's that's so much facts, man. I'm actually I'm actually glad you you brought that up. Um, But uh, for for my at the buzzer, uh, I actually got a two part at the buzzer. um, You know, this one. Uh, First of all, uh, I want to actually shout out the uh, the MLB. It, it took too long to do this. Oh my God. But there was a report came out today that they are now officially adopting Negro League statistics into all time MLB statistics. It's, it's one of the many things that is a result of something that you're talking about is the racial relations that are happening in this country and people being willing to listen and to, to accept the fact that we've been doing it wrong and not just things we've already acknowledged that we are still, there's still stuff s- systemically that, that is, agree, you know, man that that is a divide and that's one of them and it, it's so easy to overlook but but the fact that you know you want counting negro league statistics when some of the best players in mlb history have come out of the negro leagues jackie robinson hank aaron like there are people who spent times in the negro leagues made it to the mlb and dominated so all i'm gonna say on that is like the the mlb record books are going to start to look a little different like once, once stuff like stolen bases and hits and stuff like that starts to get calculated in the MLB record books it's going to look a little different folks and people got to be people got to be ready to accept that that someone yeah. from someone from the from the Montreal Monarchs is going to be the all-time stolen base leader or something like that like it's yeah it looks some different
1: we're going to have to play the uh LeBron clip of him saying uh you know it's like the caption would be like, oh, Jackie Robinson in 1960, and then plays a LeBron clip of, oh, it's about damn time I get my respect, too. Like, all that.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. And, like, you know, I talked about how it, it took way too long for it to happen. There, That's not the only thing it took way too long to happen. I don't, I don't got time to go on for everything, but there are a lot of other things uh, that need to change. The second part of my at the buzzer is shout out to, to Stanford women's basketball coach, Tara Van Vanderveer. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She became today the all time winningest coach in women's college basketball history, surpassing the great Pat summit. And did you know about it? No, nah. no. Cause no one talked about it today. No sports center, ESPN, Fox sports, whatever. No major media sports outlet shouted this out.
1: That's the issue.
0: So when you're talking about injustices, it's not just racial. There's a gender injustice too. So I mean that that's crazy. She didn't break a small record. She she eclipsed the all-time winningest coach record in women's college ball, basketball history. And and people love to talk about Pat Summitt as they should. Yeah, that's what so, I'm saying. What's so her what's her so name? On, Uh, Tara Vanderveer. Shout out women Stanford women's basketball. So. She just needs to be acknowledged for that. So I'm acknowledging for that. Shout out to my best friend, Kristen Hobble, who posted this on her Instagram story. I checked it out and I was like, does that say all time? Because yeah, not, why did right. I hear about this? Like that that's no Gino. I hear about
1: Gino all the time. To- yeah. yeah, I hear about Gino all the time. All the time. You hear, like hear, hear
0: about all the, as you should, but you also should hear about Tara Vanderveer, who's not done. So tomorrow she gonna pad her record. The next day she gonna pad it again. So... Shout out to Tara Vanderveer. But that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Uh, Shout out to my guy Kyle Suick, who's recovering um, from from sickness. Shout out also our guy, Stat Matt Robinson, who had to leave us early, but was a part of 99% of the episode. He dropped it. And then also our guy, Max Gordon from Brainiac NBA on on Instagram. And one more time, just plug everything that you're doing so so people can know where to find it, what you got going on yeah uh
1: at Brainiac NBA on on Instagram at Brainiac NBA on Twitter uh also on Facebook at Brainiac NBA for
0: the aunties uh, and uncles I mean, out there you're on Facebook yeah <laughs> yeah. On Facebook. yeah
1: exactly yes so, sir. you know if you, you know all the contents out there it's really good stuff uh if you're a beginner fan or want to get in the basketball or um you know want to get in the NBA you know cover it for everybody you know one of my friends just actually uh Follow one of my newer friends actually just followed me, and uh, he never was into basketball now. You know, he knows the guys and the players and stuff, aside from playing stuff like 2K and stuff. So, right, 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 um, it's really good. But, uh, James JJ, as always, thanks for having me,
0: yes, sir, bro. Like thank, you for, thank, thank you for being the straight up. I love it,
1: <laughs> yeah.